I'm going to be fucking white girl wasted. My first drink. This is it's fine because I don't really drink brown liquor. I'm fiending for a fucking margarita with salt. You have no what? idea. <laughs> Can I be there? No, I just got a flu shot there. Be careful. How am I supposed to know? You I'm, put I'm up telling on social you media? now. I'm tell. I do. I need to put everything on social media. Well, then that's when people meet you. They're like, oh, that's right. Rachel had a flu shot. Yeah, and that's Rachel Aloka and Huang Bago yes, <laughs> joining yes. us today for the Eggs on Everything podcast. Are we on for real? Oh, we've been on. The mic is always on. You know the mics are always hot. It is, yeah. I can't believe I we that. started. Okay. <laughs> so welcome to Eggs on Everything. And we're going to talk about a little bit of comedy today. And um, you heard you heard their back and forth banter. And if you heard them on Latinos Out Loud, you're familiar with the back and forth that goes on between these two. Now you know it's real. Like, it's really not fictitious <laughs> at being... all. I had no idea that the mics were hot. We didn't, yeah, exactly. So you know it's not a, it's not a show. It's uh, being real. Yeah. All right. So Rachel, Huang. Well, first of all, before we even start, Juan Bago. Yes. Are you familiar with Juan Bobo? Yes. Okay, cool. We'll get back to that. Yes. Now, I, after the fact. After the fact. Yes. Okay. After the copywriting after and the trademarking, <laughs> I heard the Juan Bobo. I had like a troll friend of mine who was like, oh, I see where you got inspired. That legendary thing it's from Puerto, Puerto Rico. Yeah. yeah, from Puerto Rico. I was like, I didn't know. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean. He yeah. stole from you, actually. No. Yo, it, it was before no, me. Oh, perfect. We got some. All right, good. So the first time I seen these guys was at a Room 28 comedy show actually right. it was a sketch comedy show and you guys are now by trade sketch comedians i guess so I, that yeah. feels good okay it's very official yeah that's on my linkedin profile <laughs> <laughs> sketch comedian by yeah. trade yeah. um i'm gonna add by trade i like they that. should be like ad a certified. By trade. i didn't put by trade but i think i'm now gonna yeah. be known as a sketch comedian by trade yeah yeah you should do that i it's think official. that makes yeah, it more yeah. official you know how when they have like editor, they have like a there's a part of a union and that it should mm-hmm. be like for sketch artists, like a, a union little thing that they have. We like should a start a union. For for sketch artists. Yo, every everyone's trying move. to unionize yeah. right now. If you do start a union, if you need someone to like work Excel sheets, you know what I mean? Well, Here's a funny are. story. Like my first AOL screen name was Loca twelve seventy nine and everyone thought the one was an L. They're like, Are you part of the local two seventy nine union? <laughs> <laughs> True story. <laughs> Like, no. You were getting emails? Yeah, like, hey, I want to be part of the local 279. Hey, Rachel, you haven't, uh, you know, <laughs> you're uh, a little late with the last payment. Like, no, I am not a part of this. We're going to pick it. We're going to go march for the local 279s. You were an enlightened 13-year-old. Like, it was like, yo, local 279. That's you what I'm representing. That? Yeah. We know, is this the loca and the birthday? How, how did you guys come together? Uh, well, actually, uh, she was mentioning AOL and like all that stuff. Around that time, there was a legendary website called mehented.com. Legendary. Legendary. Before its time. Way before. And, and she was Loka, f- Rock, uh, Loka from Brooklyn. Loka de Brooklyn? De Brooklyn. I mean, it's been a while. Thank you. Uh, and I was Latin Daddy, which now is like a gay <laughs> porn name. <laughs> <laughs> nah, dog. Your shit was not Latin Daddy. It was Latin Daddy. Look, it was... I was just from Connecticut. I not I wasn't familiar with some of the you know the terms and stuff. So I was like, oh wow! I started in Black Planet. It was Latin Daddy. It was not taken, and then I went and I took that so- same screen name and I brought it to Mi Gente. And I think like I, w- I, w- I always say, um, at that time when it first started, it was a lot of f- progressive, future thinking Latinos, like entrepreneurs, people even now that are producers, pu- uh, publicists. And we met in that same circle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what well, I had a crush on one of your best friends. Yeah, my oh, friend, the legendary the big booty. crush. Yeah, her name was Cinnabuns. Okay, don't put it out there, <laughs> my God. <laughs> Tired. No one's on me anymore. Yo, me hit this filled with like fifty-five year olds. 
<laughs> I didn't even know Mijenta was up. Yeah, I think it's still there. It's still, it's still there. there. So people could find her if they go. But anyway, she ha- like was infamous for her derriere. Um, and so like I can't tell you how many people hit me up. And I was like, oh, I'm so popular. Yo, what's up you with your friend Cinnabon? We, we make you notice. Oh. Well, <laughs> you gotta be careful with the sound man. That's, you do have to oh, be you know careful. what it is? He's still mad I didn't introduce him. That's what it was. Uh-huh. Uh, so you know what I mean? To my right, that was I about, have, like a passive aggressive. Yeah, yeah that was so passive aggressive. By the way, I'm doing some work right now. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear it. I'm here too, you know. Here's evidence. Yeah, so our sound operator by trade is <laughs> Tony Two Tone on the Tony soundboard. Um, so yeah her derriere that's where I stopped listening so people would like hit me up and be like hey uh, yeah you seem like fun but what's up with your friend Cinnabons and you I, seem like fun that's- I'm making that up but like basically people would use me as a conduit to my friend and we got into a lot of great places for free because of it so you know I'm not mad that's awesome right so that's how we is that really why you connected with me though no no okay no, no. i was gonna say no, like i said when we had the first we we started when we had to started so i think it was such a small circle yeah uh but then from there is when i did my first independent film oh that's what i was gonna we, ask did you guys you guys were on me hint networking yeah because we were in that yeah because i was on me hint like putting up like shitty webcam pictures with like air <laughs> pistols you yeah, know yeah, yeah, was, yeah oh well you weren't one of the guys that would uh pose in front of the car because i was very popular nah my shit yo all my shits were all webcam shits so it's like uh, my all my shits pixelated. i'm sitting there, mad pixelated <laughs> and i'm sitting in front of my computer like this oh my just like mm, squinting just super light skin just like mouth <laughs> slightly ajar so like you know what i mean like that was like mm. the number one christmas request yo i want to need i need a webcam for my computer i want to <laughs> chat yeah i was just on there for the glittery gifts <laughs> yeah. that's all so i'm glad you guys were there shit. doing actual work oh yeah yeah so yeah, you did yeah, your yeah. first short film so i did uh my first uh full feature 05 but it came out in 06 and at the time she was working corporate i was working at latina magazine and mm. i was i wanted to like i, I I had my hands on everything and I wanted to do marketing. I wanted to get it featured places. So that's when her and I connected. Um, and then I think continued to what she had an online radio show uh, at Urban Latino. It was called uh, The Bochinche Bueno Show. That's right. Throwback. And uh, I was a guest one time and then she asked me to be part of the show. Nice. So we were co-hosts for two and a half years. And that was Boch- what was Bochinche Boch- Bueno Show. Okay. And it was two and a half, uh, two and a half years. It was a two-hour show once a week, mm-hmm. and we interviewed a bunch of people. And we did it, it, like it's a prelude to uh, Latinos Out Loud in the format, in the sense that we were getting guests, but we were have bits. We played characters. We were playing around. We were improving. We wrote stuff. Um, and we were just bugging out. We did promo videos. We were doing red carpets yeah. on behalf of the show, interviewing celebrities. And that was ahead of its time, too. And internet radio was supposed to be this big craze, but I guess it was the prelude to the podcast yeah. craze. Mm-hmm. I think that's where our uh, podcast chemistry came from uh, because working together for two and a half years on the online space uh, allowed us to kind of get our we know it's almost like when you have uh, I, I, I don't like doing the analogies in front of her with sports because she's like wait what I'm but gonna try to get it's it like, go ahead it's like when you have a sports team they're really 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 good but they're they're only playing for the first year and it's like they don't get the chemistry down yeah. but after the second and third that's it they know their spots they know the spacing they know everything and that's how the, we the, are the trust begins to build like I trust you to be at your spot exactly I just want to let you know that that wasn't really a sports analogy like I, I understood it completely understood? all right yeah so i'm next that's a great note because then i 
I'm, I'm gonna do that. Again. If it were like about a specific play or like something right. that like Kamikaze players 82 do, split. I don't know what the <laughs> right. hell that is. Right. That, that's how you hit a home run. Yeah. A Kamikaze 82? Yeah, yeah. Really? <laughs> no, not really. But, oh. <laughs> but I just wanted to see how Damn uninformed Echo. you were. That I don't know about sports. <laughs> I don't. And She's I'll like, admit oh. it. She's like, yo, I really think Carmelo's going to be really good with the Knicks this year. I'm like, no, he's, he's not with the Knicks anymore. Since when? Your water cooler talk is on point, though. Like, that's a, that's a great way to start. Mm. Like, insert player, insert sport, yeah. and then insert this year. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you could get a conversation going for hours. Totally. I did a commercial for the New York Knicks. I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. Oh, nice. But you do I commercials, mad, huh? You know. You know. No, you know. <laughs> My manager is, you know, she's really <laughs> working hard on that. She oh. gives birth. And then Benjamin's already in a commercial. Like, I don't know how like, she he does was. it. He is in <laughs> a commercial. She's a hustler. Yeah, the half-Jewish side is, like, impeccable. Mazel tov. Two weeks postpartum, we got a gig for Nick Jr. So oh. it's like, uh, let's get this Faha going and let's roll. Nice. Roll camera. Nice. I see. I need, I need, I need to get <laughs> half a Jew in there. I need to get half-Jewish inside of me so that I'll I can. I'll share some. Yeah. Perfect. Um, let me ask you. So you said that you just started writing. Did you just start writing? Like, or did you, like... How'd you figure out how to write a joke? Well, I first started writing uh, on Mi Gente where I was doing a lot of short form, like short stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I converted to doing a feature film. It was first a short, but then I did a feature film. And then I started doing, uh, I started doing short films. And then when I went with Room 28, it was a hybrid of improv slash writing some of the sketches where it was kind of like the premise was there. We knew where it was going to begin. We knew where it was going to end. And then we trusted each other when we were going to do that. I think it was probably uh, when I was doing the Flama sketches that I started writing sketches, like writing the the sketches. Because usually with Room 28, I'm not in that creative circle of doing the sketches. It's her, it's Jerry, it's it's Jamie, and it's Anthony that do the sketches. I was doing more of the producing, but when on the side, when it came down to doing the Fama sketches, I was writing those the the, uh, the sketchy form. Got it. So you guys decided to go down the route of doing sketch comedy, right? And that's sketch comedy is a little different than stand up. You know, what I mean, it's it's under the same comedy umbrella. But it's a little different. Did you ever have a moment when you decided where it was like, yeah, I'm going to do sketch? Well, I knew early on, like, you know, as a kid, I used to watch Saturday Night Live before I even understood the jokes. Not really by choice either. (laughs) I'm the youngest of three. So when my parents would go out on Saturday night, they would leave my brother and sister in charge of me. And they were nine and ten years older than me. And so we'd watch Saturday Night Live. And I was like, this is hysterical but I don't get all the references I was only maybe seven or eight years old and then also growing up watching Benny Hill shows like that which then turned into like you know watching mad TV as a teenager so I always had an extreme liking to sketch comedy Mm -hmm. and then working with this guy I did a cameo in a room 28 show in its first iteration because they were doing this long before this second iteration of room 28 surfaced I was like, okay, I feel, me siento en casa. I was like this, I feel electric on Wait, stage. so was that your first time like doing Performing a ske- so, sketch? So, so you just went from like not doing anything to let me just perform in front of people. Yes, not necessarily actually. I've always, like I did stage, I did a couple of plays. Um, I also, you know, we did some stuff like we were both cast in an HBO special. So like there's always been show business in the midst of everything else that I had going on. Mm-hmm. But at the time I was working full time in corporate America because, you know, I was like, I went to college, I want to make bread and 
and show business doesn't really do that for you off the bat. But then when I started toying around with Bago and his click and Room 28, the liking to it was incredible. And it then led me to where I am now, which I have left corporate America as of three years ago and now pursuing comedy 100%. Nice, congratulations. Thanks. That, that, I feel like that's always a big step. Like mm -hmm. stepping away from the guaranteed paycheck to then say, you know what, I'm a bet on me. I bet on me. That's con that's that's worth a congratulations. Cue the applause roll. <laughs> I'm kidding. I didn't cue that up for you, <laughs> but you are putting a lot of pressure on here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Like, oh shit. Um post. <laughs> so <laughs> you ever either of you guys ever tried to do stand up? Yes. Kind of. Uh, yes, kind of. But you can go first. Thanks. Mm. Well, um, I love storytelling. So I thought, okay, if I love storytelling so much, maybe stand-up comedy would work. Because there are some stand-up comics that just do that, you know. And so a good friend of mine, George Diaz, shout out to Latino Laughter, has a company. His name is called Latino Laughter. And uh, he puts together these Latino comedy shows. He's been doing it for a hot minute. And so he asked me to host one of his stand-up shows. And, you know, the host has to do a little bit of stand-up in between the acts, get the crowd, you know, motivated, get the energy up or yeah, at the level like warm, where it should warm be, them up. Mm -hmm. warm up the comics. So I wrote some material. I went to the Broadway Comedy Club and it was a nice packed house and I had a great time. But after that evening, I realized I just it, I didn't really take a liking to it. And I'll tell you why. It's kind of fucked up. Can I curse? <laughs> okay. Yeah. The FCC. Fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Let it all out. Let it all out. <laughs> She's like, wait, I got like five curses that I wanted to do before. Yo, I didn't know. That's, so I'm just going to like, it's going to be like that's, Tourette's. That's yo, that, that's how out. I know you got an agent, a manager, all of that. Just, yo, can I curse? <laughs> Meanwhile, I, I said it already. Can I fucking curse? Like, that was bad. I should have asked before, right? <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, so I hosted it and I just like the vibe of stand up and forgive me for saying first of all it's very male dominated that whole space yeah and it's like late night and everybody's drinking and I'm not really a drinker like I just didn't feel very comfortable in that atmosphere mm -hmm. I also feel like you know sketch to me is where you can tell a story be a character and make people laugh whereas stand up is a little more and I'm not trying to diss it I'm just saying it's a little more one dimensional than sketch comedy where sketch comedy is like multi dimensional and that's where like I really feel my brain going and where I yeah. really feel like I'm you know at home where I need to be nice okay so you enjoy the playing characters aspect and like still getting the laughs and not yes. having to do you know you, you mentioned them being very male dominated yeah. and when I was trying to put together the list right so I'm like going through different stand-ups and I'm going through a bunch of iterations of the stand-ups that I want to talk about not once did I have a female stand-up comedian What's on that list that? and I felt bad you know what I mean because you know me too and all that and I, I just feel like damn am I like a fucking pig like mm -hmm. that I'm just no. but then it's like nah man like just it's it's a male dominated fucking industry totally. just so let me ask you i have two questions before we get to these yeah. before we get to these specials number one um did you send drake a cease and desist <laughs> for his outfit on walk it like i talk it yo no but i had some serious serious conversations uh coming to me about no for real like people be like yo you should sue him and i'm like nah I'm like, people be like no like for real you should really like it was like, like a real yeah, because yo. i heard look i know certain people that 
um, have worked with him because of connects through French Montana and everything. Mm-hmm. And I showed, they saw it and they're like, yo, he's known to kind of like, you know, peep stuff and whatever. Yeah. Um, but... It was something that it it was so popular on Twitter that like you know Fernando the party planner for like a hot minute was just like no one was talking about him. Yeah. But that video brought up that conversation again, and everybody from the Bronx was like, "Yo, that dude!" Because even the wigs were not consistent. Like he didn't have to wear that wig, bro. Not for nothing, his mannerisms were consistent with the mannerisms on that commercial. Like, and I don't mean to even turn it into like a "Yo, go and get him, bro." But (laughs) I'm just saying, like. It was. I it was know. like I saw it, and I was like, "The shit is that you know I'm fr- I'm from the Bronx, and I hung out a lot uptown. So Fernando was huge out there. Like yeah. we all like we all remember those commercials. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. And I was talking to to my friends in Brooklyn about it. I'm like, "Yo, this shit looks like fucking Fernando the Party Planner," but they hadn't heard about it. Of course. You know what I mean? So and then I show it to them, and it's like, bro, it's the same fucking character. Like even the little fucking the 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 head the, the head yeah. dance Everything, like yeah. like it was like damn how, uh, how that, yeah how'd that feel though honestly because there's two ways to take that i i mean what can you do i mean it's drake right i mean mm-hmm. to, to to at one point you're like what are you gonna do right mm-hmm. there's no way to prove it two i'm honored you know in a sense that all the uh everybody from the bronx was screaming and yelling like yo that's fernando so i feel like all right if it has such a deep impact of so of a character that's like from 10 years ago nine years ago that's still he's coming he's coming back but oh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. It's coming back. <laughs> but it, it felt good because it's like, all right, people, it's not me. First off, I didn't even know the video came out until like a bunch of people hit me up and like, yo, you need to check this out. But I take it in the thing, if it had that much of an impact that people yeah. are really talking about it and it's really spoken about on Twitter, like hard body, then it's like, all right, I, I did something that a character, which in the beginning was never was supposed to be that way. It was literally supposed to be a local campy commercial and call it a day, but for it to have such an impact. The shit was mad funny though. It's crazy. The shit was mad funny, and I feel like that's the right way to take it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like yo, you was right ten years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, like because even right now, the shit came out and it's still funny. Exactly. You know what I mean? Hilarious. Yeah, it's exactly. just funny. Yo, we be rolling places, and I swear he's like a celebrity. People <laughs> like, are you Fernando the party planner? <laughs> yeah. This party just got started. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have a, a classic story. I I went to. Uh, a birthday party on 42nd and 10th Ave on a rooftop. I'm chilling, Bronx people. And there was a bunch of dudes, you know, like some hood, like a, a bunch of hood dudes throughout the whole night staring at me. But like on some, like, I'm gonna beat you up type of look. You know what I'm saying? They're kind of giving me that grill. And I'm like, yo, and Jamie was with me. And I'm like, yo, what's going on here? Oh, boy, so you were defenseless. I w- <laughs> <laughs> yo, shout out to Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> he would have been trying to talk his way out of it. And I, the end of the night happens. I'm all, I'm like, we're all downstairs. And then one of the girls was like, hey, this is Lala. You might have seen him, like Fernando the Party Planet. All the dudes are, yo, I knew it. I was like, thank oh God. Oh, my God. So they were grilling me. They are like, yo, I know I see you somewhere, son. Mad aggressive. Like, yeah, mad aggressive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're not going to wink at me, right? But it's like dudes from the block are going to, like, give me a certain look. I was yeah. like, thank God it's Fernando. I'm like, please. <laughs> they caught me looking at some girl's butt, but it wasn't that, so I'm, I'm good. Wow. All right, so we're going to get into some of these stand-up specials. Um, yes. Now, the first matchup is a battle of the Bills. Mm. It's uh, Bill Hicks, Relentless, versus Bill Burr's Why Do I Do This? Okay. Yes. But before we even get into the actual bits, I want to talk to you guys about Bill Hicks released his 12 Principles of Comedy. Mm-hmm. 
So we're going to go over a couple of the points on those principles and see see how you guys incorporate those principles and see if there's something that actually rings true with you guys. I right. love it. Um, so the first principle of comedy that he listed out is if you can be yourself on stage, nobody else can be you and you have the law of supply and demand covered. So I guess the whole intention is that if you figure out a way to still be you once the lights come on, you have something that's priceless. How do you guys work to be you on stage? I love that. And a very wise acting teacher told me that you should not become the character the character should become you Mm, that's deep (laughs) because casting directors don't want to just see people read the words they want to see you read the words that's why you were called to the audition that's why you got the role so i personally try to give a big piece of who i am in every single character, every single role, every single audition, or else I'm just generic and I'm a puppet just saying words. Mm, nice. That was that was that was deep. I feel was like, it? I, I, know I didn't deep. even that mean was, to get that deep. That was but deep. That's just a, a, you know something I really yeah. live I, by. I know that was comedy, but I felt like I had to snap my fingers. You <laughs> snap. I should have made things rhyme. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. You fucked like, up. You missed yeah. the opportunity. This could have been Shit. New Yorkians Poets Club right now. Right been a good haiku right there. <laughs> yeah. I'll work well, on it for the next interview. Well, now, you, now you know. Now you know. Oh, I mean, hey, I mean that's the whole Fernando and Drake thing, right? I yeah. Put it out there, and it's like there's only one Fernando, and people called out on it. Um, I think with it's. I think sometimes that's why it's so important to find your inner, your inner voice, your your truth, because a lot of times when uh, there are entertainers or even comedians that are starting up, they're trying to find a style, and it's not them. I mean, music is going through that where everyone's copycats. Um, but I think it's honestly is really knowing yourself. So a lot of times it takes time to discover who you are as a person, and so that when you're on stage, no matter what audience it is, you're being you. If you don't like it, that's your that's your problem. So I think agreeing to that, but I think it takes a little bit of time to f- discover who you are in your inner voice. So it's once like you have that, you're set. As you like do the characters, they they kind of like you add more and more of yourself every time. That's where experience doing. comes in because yeah. a lot of times people do struggle, especially if you're going on stage for whatever it is. It's it's an ex- you have to feel comfortable with yourself. Um, because a lot of times you're you may not get the laughs, and so that's where you're like, okay, where am I gonna go? where am I gonna go? But if you are true to yourself and your voice, you'll be fine. Mm. Okay, speaking about getting the laughs, right? The other principle is only do what you think is funny. Never just what you think they will like, even though it's not that funny to you. So. How how do you how do you do that? Because if you're on stage and you're doing something that you think that's is funny, that's why we funny, don't do Instagram Instagram videos. Sorry, yeah. why? Why? Oh, ooh, yeah, get spicy. Uh, <laughs> get spicy. He's um, <laughs> I mean, it's true. That's ahead. why we don't do Instagram. Go ahead. When we don't do Serve Instagram comedy. Tea. Go ahead. Because in reality, like the Instagram uh, Instagram comedy right now is extremely popular to build up. But we're not that. And I can throw her in there as well. Mm-hmm. And am I allowed to? I can do that. I mean, you always throw me under the bus with not the you. Bus. So. I, said I threw you under that. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, because honestly, I, like, I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't understand quite what you mean. And I'm not even trying to get you to be no, spicy. Okay. No, 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 what no. do you mean by like the Instagram? You don't do the Instagram comedy. Because um, with Instagram comedy, it's a very short, quick, you know, you do it. You're probably going to forget. 
and that's it we're the content that we create who we are is to the type of comedy that is got a lot of layers to it there's thought put behind it that it may not be instantaneously a minute but when we put something out you're going to remember it because there's a lot of thought put behind it yeah. so that's why and in social media comedy it's very quick there's a very demand and there's people who laugh to it but i don't find it funny in the sense that for me speaking for me i like comedy that has layers thought out you know depthness to it that hits me because we've seen so much comedy we're in the comedy industry like can't make us laugh that easily so there has to be something there so that's why that rule right there specifically is why I, I could if if we wanted to we can create that type of comedy because people find it funny but truth be told I don't find it funny I think many of these Instagram what we're calling Instagram comedians basically succumb to their audience so like they also and I'm generalizing here because there are some Instagram comedians that I think are freaking hilarious absolutely that I follow myself but like there is a nice handful that really just cater to what they think their audience might want to see instead of what maybe good writing is or, yeah. or you know what really is genuinely funny to them well what what is like good writing though like where does good writing start like if you're putting pen to paper, yo, we have a fly a in the fly studio and that he was like, I'm, right I, on my I, mic. Yo, listen, I like am he done. Wanna get on the mic. Listen, I'm done not acknowledging him because he is like all <laughs> over the place right now, and I just yeah. I don't even understand where this fly comes from. I just from. had a staring contest with him. He bro, was on the mic bro, looking at me like, <laughs> "Are you gonna talk shit and, too about Instagram?" And I'm having that moment, you know, when you have people <laughs> in your house and like you've like. We don't have roaches here. This, I don't know where this came from. Right. This, right. this is the first roach I ever seen. Oh my God, that fucking happened to me literally. Like my niece was in town and she was, this is a true story. I, if I may interject, I'll of make course. it quick. Uh, I don't have roaches. <laughs> I don't have roaches and I don't have water bugs. I just want to let you guys know because I am, I fear bugs. We were literally chilling on the bed, about to go to sleep. And my air conditioner had a leak, which I didn't know about, which made a ton of water sort of just collect on the windowsill. Mm -hmm. And I've never seen anything like it before. It landed on my niece's knee. Oh, wow. It, it, it was on her knee. She Rude was like, fuck. And she jumped 30 feet in the air. I jumped 20 <laughs> feet in the air. I was like, oh, my God, no, I don't have roaches. What is this? What is it? I think it was a water bug. But yeah. anyway, I digress. That's, that's how I feel about this fly, though. You see that okay. feeling that you have? That's how. That's exactly how you don't I want, feel. You don't want us to leave and be like, damn, yo. Like, why this do you have so many flies? Like, flies, like, just watch his hand. Is that why he gets the space? Because it's fly infested? It's shower. No one wants to use that space. Do you have an antibacterial? He's going to get a rep. I'm never going back yeah. there again. I don't even want to listen to the podcast. Oh, you guys going with that fly guy? Yeah. yeah. With the flies? Oh, oh, you were there too? Oh, nah. I should have given you the heads up. flies. <laughs> anyway, we're not judging you. It's okay. Thank you. Thank you. I, I had to get that out the way because it was like no, mad invisible swatting. We were all thinking about it. The it sound was, guy's going yeah. crazy. We're all looking at each other. I'm like, all right, man, come on. It's that, all that, good. Shit, that shit landed on your mic. And Literally. I'm like, I was like, that is absolutely the worst person to land on the mic because you're the only germaphobe here. And, and you know and what flies like, do? Like they just they eat whatever and they throw it back up. Isn't that disgusting? So whatever is he threw up on my mic. Yeah, thanks for making the situation better. Sorry, <laughs> I was like, mm. he's just throw up on your mic. Mm. So flies are gross. And I, all right, so writing a joke, where does it start? Do you start with a premise? Do you start with a punchline and work backwards? <laughs> like, do you just see a situation in your head and? Mm. 
Mm. Why don't you go first? Oh, right. Well, I like to be, you know. Well, you always tell me you go first. I can answer it, but I want well, you to I go mean, first. Well, I mean, for me, it usually happens with something that, like, really hits me hard. Like, in a situation where I was like, oh, my God, has this been done? Has anyone written something about this? And then I go backwards. And then a lot of times I pitch it to my friends through text message because a lot of times ideas are just a one note thing. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. And you can't take it further to make it a sketch. So I go through that focus group. And if there is something there, then I'll write up a, a treatment or a draft. Uh, and then there I'll put the jokes in and then I'll send it to a couple people to, to take a look at it. Because I mean, in this day and age, you have a situation where, you know, everyone's written, a, everyone's written a sketch for almost everything, you know, especially with the saturation that we have these days. Um, and then from there, I just pretty much will have a draft and then workshop it and then shoot it. I tend to draw from experience, you know, things that I've seen and then I make them exaggerated. But my first line of defense is I go into my iPhone and I type it into my notes and so I'll write, because I type a lot of shit into my notes, I'll write, sketch idea number 943. And then, no, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> add numbers. Uh, but I do write sketch idea, and then I'll write a couple of sentences, and then I'll go back to it and be like, was this funny? Or like, was I high? Or like, you know, because sometimes shit is funnier in my head when I'm yeah. under the influence of something. Um, but Or, you know, maybe it was not funny at all, like yeah. whether you're sober or not. Um, but notes is my first line of defense. And then, yeah, we have conversations. I've talked to you about a lot of my ideas. And um, Bago's a good supporter. He likes to, he helps. He's a nice. good helper. He's Look very, very creative. What a guy. A compliment on that. What a guy. <laughs> it's very rare that uh, I know what he's feeling right now. He's like, wow, she complimented me on a podcast. Wow. <laughs> Don't so, edit this out, guys, please. So you I want to <laughs> repeat these in, in moments that like, you know. Well, you know what it is? I don't like to edit anything. And I took that from the Joe Rogan podcast oh, where like he's just yeah. like, yo, if you're having a conversation with someone, every single thing that is said is important. True. Because otherwise you lose context. True. You know what I mean? I like that. But um, you mentioned about drawing from like real life experience and doing all those kinds of things. And this brings me to his last principle, Bill oh. Hicks' last principle. And he's a white guy. I'm just going to... Uh, preface it with that because the last principle is i'm glad to be a cracker huh. get to know your family be friends with us what the hell does that mean <laughs> well i think that what that means is accepting who you are and then getting to learn your family and being friends with them because that's going to be the root of a lot of your material yeah uh, um, and then I was actually um, thinking, like, you know, you guys do a very Latino-based podcast, where right. it, which which kind of makes it a very specific, um, a very specific demographic to to really get the full experience of your jokes and, right. and everything that you guys are doing. So then, how much of it has to do with accepting yourself as a Latino, and then looking at your family and the shit that Latinos family do, and then saying, okay, that's funny, a lot. I mean, I I can speak for myself. So I come from a very multicultural family. My father is Russian Jewish and my mom is Dominican. Mm. So much of my material and my stories come from that premise alone. And all of the experiences, 
the shit that I've seen, the bar mitzvahs, the quinceañeras, the clash of culture, the, um, you know, where the cultures collide, um, overlap. So I think that is on point in that, like, there's so much to draw from, yeah. from just the the family, you know, dynamic itself. And Latinos, I don't know what it is about us. We just, we're funny. <laughs> we're just so funny yeah. by nature. Honestly, like, I hang out with Chinos. I hang out with black people. Black people are funny, too. I hang out with white people. I hang out with everybody. And there's no culture like the Latino culture. Yeah. We just tend to exaggerate, and we then we dance it off, and then we drink it off, and Yo, we just... It's this you ever catch nothing. yourself exaggerating for no reason? <laughs> Cause <laughs> like honestly like this is my best friend right here. He's also Aww. my my. my Get Lindo, uh, that's so sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 but he always screams at me <laughs> because I have a penchant for exaggerating for no reason. Like it's like if it's been five minutes, I'll be like, yo, motherfucker, I've been waiting for you twenty five minutes. And it's like I j- I just can't help it. Right, like, right. Like, I feel what, you. Like it's like what, well, I guess that makes for good comedy. Though. No, it does. I so, mean, for me, I grew up in Connecticut. My dad is Dominican, but is, was trying to be white. And then I had my mom who was just like straight up 1000% Dominican. So growing up, uh, being the only Dominican or even like Latino in my town, and then going visiting my relatives on the weekend felt like an outsider. So for me, some of the, uh, some of the stuff that I've done is Observe, uh, uh, watching from afar. Although I am Dominican, I watch from afar. So that's why some of my videos that have gotten viral, like Dominican versus Puerto Rican, some of the other stuff, it's really hit because I do it from an angle where I can. I have to always. I always have to tell you know white people like, yo, what is that? I have to explain it to them. Mm. So I've been explaining for so many years that it, when it comes down to even creating content, that it's done in that type of style. But my dad is crazy and my mom's eccentric. So like all of us, like I pursue entertainment, but my three siblings, if they wanted to, the same way, they they're just this. They were we're all four weird people that are Latino that grew up in that environment. So we obviously when we are doing our podcast and recapping our weekend, uh, we're just a lot of it's it a lot to, of it yeah. has to do with that, you know. Yeah. And I think all of us, because I think Jamie's the same way, and Rachel, all of us are second generation, in one way or another, that second generation, but mixed. Like we are with white, black, Chino, everything, all of us. And I think that that's what kind of gives us that dynamic. Because if we were all straight up one hundred percent percent Dominican and we had a podcast, you know, it'll be people. People will not. Thanks people will not be able to relate as much but i think we're so trained to kind of be mixed all around all the time it, it's for, for it lets the audience kind of not feel um, isolated which is why we have uh audience in different states around the country even though we're being mad dominican in one way they still can relate to us and i'm gonna add to that like we've heard a lot of people say like we know you're latinos out loud but you don't have to be latino to listen or to understand the jokes Mm -hmm. because we're new yorkers and we sort of approach it like very much like um we're in this melting pot our experiences are reflective of that we are latino you don't have to be latino okay (laughs) there's not a a mandate that says no only latinos can listen to latinos out loud yeah because i've seen things where like you guys have someone come in uh i don't know if it's 
Jamie or not, but it's you guys have someone come in to do like odd news reports. Yeah. So the way our format is, it's it's Rachel and I, and then we have Jamie, and then Frank, and Jamie does the bochincha bites, which is like crazy stuff that happened, and then we have Frank that does the fake news. Mm. So we kind of have that those. Uh, elements, those segments to complement the banter that we have, and then obviously we end with it with an interview. Um, so yeah, so it's it's different types of comedy because Frank is gonna come from that whole you know tinfoil theorist. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like <laughs> and the funny is- and the funny thing is every he's been do, we, he's been doing it for two se- well four seasons but two years. A lot of it comes out, and we're like, oh my god, Frank, you talked about that. Last and year. then it makes mainstream news it's all not, of a sudden. It's not really fake. It's really oh, happening. So it's, it's crazy. It's like the Twilight Zone. In yeah. There. He's very uh, into the uh, connection to the Illuminati. And, uh, you know, he likes to forward. He likes to predict the future and bring in these things that we're like, come on, Frank. And then like two months later, he's like, see, you see, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Frank. You're right. Yeah. All right. So we're going to get into our first stand up clip. So we're going to turn this around so you guys can listen to this. And we're going to listen to this guy, Bill Hicks. The special is called Relentless. And I guess a little background on Bill Hicks is that he's one of those guys that everybody calls your favorite comedian's favorite comedian. Mm. And that's because he came at a time where he was doing something very different from everyone at his time. This special is from 1992. Okay. Um, And he died two years later, which... Damn. Which I would, you know what it is? Sometimes posthumous kind of adds a little bit to it, but he also had those 12 principles that you guys agree yeah. with oh, most of the principles. Yeah. So yeah. let's get into this one. Okay. Okay, it's time for some, uh, a time for a question. This question I'm going to ask you is very crude. Are there actually women in the world who do not like to give blowjobs? <laughs> See a lot of guys on dates got their fingers crossed here tonight. Answer <laughs> him, honey. Go ahead. Let's hear how you feel about this right now. Go ahead, speak up. Let's hear. The reason I ask, all right, I was with this woman one time, and she goes down here for like three seconds and starts coming back up. And I'm going, uh-uh. <laughs> 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 Unless you're getting up to put ice in your mouth. Anyway, without getting graphic, <laughs> she actually said to me, I think you've had enough. <laughs> huh? <laughs> I think you've had enough. <laughs> really? <laughs> I think you're going to know when I've had enough. Definite ending to this. <laughs> Not a lot of gray area. Barely cut and dry. But anyway, it blew my mind that it's all it blew. So I've been inquiring from audiences. Oh 
<laughs> why people, and I'm not asking women, why people in general don't do everything with their lover? I can't, I can't conceive of that. I don't understand it. I hear complaints on both sides. Well, they didn't do that. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. But why, let's just get more specific, you ladies, don't, do, won't, I mean, don't, I mean, not all of you, but why won't you do that to your guy? I mean, and make that, I don't know, the focal point of your existence while on this planet. You know what I mean. I mean, why wouldn't you want to do that? Every second you're away. I mean, you know, why don't you? You know. I don't understand why you, that's... Uh, you know. I actually, uh, a woman one night yelled out, Yeah, you ever try it? <laughs> Said, yeah. Almost broke my back. It's that one vertebrae, I swear to God. It's that close. I think that vertebrae is going to be the thing to go in our next evolutionary step. Just a theory and a fervent prayer. Yeah, now all the guys are going, honey, I have no idea what he's talking about. I think he's a devil child. That may be true, but guys, you know what I'm talking about. I can speak for every guy here in this room tonight. Guys, if you could blow yourselves, ladies, you'd be in this room alone right now, watching an empty stage. So that's Bill Hicks. Okay. And uh, so... Bill Hicks is one of the one that I've never heard of this stand-up special before. Like, I never heard of Bill Hicks, never seen it, never watched it. Um, it was recommended to me, and I seen it and watched it. And one thing that he does is he's playing multiple characters on stage. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's kind of very similar to sketch comedy. For, yeah. For where, sure. like, he's coming in and out of character. How how'd you guys feel about it? I, you know, he. I, I agree with you in that they were, like, he brought in a couple of different dimensions of comedy, you know, playing with his volume, the voice, the characters, you know, playing on sexuality. Um, not really my cup of tea, if I'm honest with you, you know. So we're going to continue with the battle of the two bills. Okay. And we're going to listen to Bill Burr. Yes. Why do I do this? This is from 2008. 2008. Okay. And uh, Bill Burr was a writer, Burr. actor in uh, The Chappelle Show. Yep. So you guys are familiar with Bill Burr? Yes. Yep. Let's get this one going. Beth for family. <laughs> are the mics on while we watch the clip? Yeah, you oh. could talk. You could talk. Oh. Okay. Okay. This is no. Can we curse as well? Yeah. <laughs> Don't take this shit too seriously. Does he really think that? Does he think that that's why there's. I don't know. I rented that movie uh, Pride recently. Have you guys seen that movie? Anybody see that? It's about the first all-black swim team and the difficulties they had to go through being the first all-black swim team. Let me ask you a question. How many of those white people are evil movies are they going to (laughs) make? It's like it's all the way down to swimming. (laughs) You know? I'm starting to run out of white guilt, you know? 
No, it's like those movies. They started off unbelievable. Started off with Roots, right? White guilt was at an all-time high. I could barely even watch it. I'm like, dude, I got it. My ancestors are evil, okay? Please, please turn the channel, dude. Please turn the channel. They're still hitting them. Fuck, turn the channel. <laughs> this is gonna be on all week. Jesus Christ, turn the channel. Then in the 80s, there was like a football movie. Then like Cuba Gooding wanted to be like a scuba diver. Remember that shit? And now... It's all the way down to swimming, and I gotta admit, I don't think I give a fuck. <laughs> you know? I'm not trying to be a dick, but it's a recreational activity. Plus, I've been in pools, there's been black people in the pool, you know? I never saw any white guy, like, trying to, like, fucking, like, prevent people from getting into the pool. <laughs> it's like, are they just, like, making this shit up? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not being a dick here, either, okay? Just to clarify, you know, I just want... Anybody coming up to me after the show like, you know, I was thinking it, then, then you fucking said it. And then... <laughs> I'm not saying that I don't think black shit people should be allowed to put on some Speedos and go for a dip. I'm not saying that shit. I'm just saying these movies, like the characters aren't even believable. Like they always have to have like that, the, the over-the-top, uninhibited white racist character, you know? You know that guy, he's a guy like, uh, he's supposed to represent all the white evil, you know? He's like the dude they always have like screaming during the movie trailer. They'd be like, they were the first all black swim team. Get out of the pool! <laughs> He's got like a big vein in his forehead. He's just screaming shit, look, not even looking around, you know? Dude, it's ridiculous. Real racism is quiet. It's subtle. People look around first. They make sure that, you know, they make sure the coast is clear. There's disclaimers, like, dude, you know I'm not racist, but uh, these insert group name followed by fucked up conversation, right? <laughs> That's how it goes down. It's not just some guy just standing up there. There's Negroes in the pool. Do you approve of this? I work at the bank. Can I be fired immediately, please? I'm just saying, can you just make the shit, like, believable? You know what the honest thing is? Those movies, they're starting to give me a complex. You know, because anytime they do a movie about a group of people that thinks dumb shit about another group of people, it's always like white dudes. So it's like, are white dudes the only ones who think ignorant shit about other people, you know? No Mexican guy ever walked up to somebody from India like, dude, what the fuck is that? Is that like itchy? Does that bug you? What is it? White dudes the only ones walking around, why you guys don't eat cows? What are you, a bunch of fags? Well, then why are you wearing sandals? This guy's wearing sandals. This guy's a fag. No, I'm just saying, you know, just balance the movies out a little bit. Like, just have some of the evil shit that black people say about white people, you know, when, when we're not around, you know? Like, like, well, what are some good examples, you know? You know, like, you know what I mean? You're hanging out, you had a rough day, you know? What are some of the classics? You know, what smell like wet dogs, right? <laughs> got headlights or something like that, right? Just, just slip some of that shit in there. Get out of the pool! Wash your hair, motherfucker, right? Just <laughs> make it seem a little more... Dude, I'm just saying, it's all the way down to swimming. I mean, where the fuck do you go from there? We do like ping pong. They were the first all-black ping-pong team. They're gonna steal the paddles. Denzel Washington. <laughs> yeah. uh, I can right. see Bill Burr. So Bill Burr was called the heavyweight champion of rage-filled humor. 
And honestly, like, yo, this is the first stand-up special that I seen from him, and I was like, damn, this motherfucker is on point. The perspective, that, like, he's, he has such a great perspective of breaking down stuff that we usually watch and we don't break down, and that's like a classic, you know? Hollywood has a tendency of how do you create conflicts, and they do a movie about that, and here he is from his mind breaking it down to the point where you're like, oh, my God, it's so true. So it's it, it's he has that insight, and this is a great example of having great insight, breaking it down to the point where we're laughing because it's so true. Yeah, that's, like that's that's literally bill burr right there and that was great so do you think like the best laughs are based in truth absolutely yeah and relatable truth right things that we all feel and like he said we don't say we don't dare to say but we may have inklings of those thoughts or know people that think that way so that's why it's so funny to me yeah and and that's why there are people out there that say crazy things and no one admit that they watch it but like he said, we're thinking it, but they're saying it. We're laughing, but we won't admit, oh, my God. Yeah, uh, because it's true. There's a lot of times that people do that. And like like I said, this bit right here is the perfect example of how Bill dissects things that we don't need. We'll passively watch him, like, yeah, whatever. But he breaks it down to the point. It's like, yo, that is, you're getting desperate with these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just getting to the point where you're getting desperate. Yo, like, I can appreciate humor that, like, let's say somebody just tuned in midway. They'd be like, what the fuck is he saying <laughs> you know but no you need to watch this entire thing to understand that there's so many layers to this joke yeah. that it's you know you caught it at the wrong timestamp. yeah like it's it's like it's it's funny because i i also love comedy that kind of builds on itself yeah you know what i mean where it's like let's say because i'm i'm a journalism major and with journalism the one thing i learned about sentences this sounds ridiculous but the one thing i learned about sentences is that sentences are defined by the sentence before them mm -hmm. and i feel like the same holds true for jokes right so your joke it's only as funny as what came before it mm -hmm. so like it's, it's it's all about like you're setting it up you're setting up mm -hmm. you're setting it up you're setting it up you're setting it up and it's like kind of like building blocks mm -hmm. to like oh boom punchline yeah mm -hmm. so as sketch comedians in the Latino community, and I used air quotes mm -hmm. because I feel like your range is much wider than that. Because, Thank you. Thank um, you. Do you guys feel um, any kind of responsibility in kind of providing a perspective as a Latino comedian? Mm. I think it's uh, that's an interesting question. I think it also varies by audience. You know, like, for example, and, and this may be a very literal interpretation of your question, but, like, I did um, some character stuff in Queens for a fundraiser recently, and I saw my audience was mostly white, non-Latino. And I was like, fuck, it came with Latino characters, you know? <laughs> but I knew, like, this audience wouldn't really get everything that I was saying, and I didn't want to bomb up there. So instantaneously, like, I altered things for the audience for them to understand, Yeah. right? And I felt I had a responsibility to keep their characters Latino, because then it'd be a complete joke rewrite, and I didn't have time for that. But, like, I, I did feel like I had to finesse Okay, the fly just wants to hang out with that, me. That's crazy. She like the fly is a woman. I, I just called her she, and she just wants to hang out. She with She almost you. landed on my eyelash. Yeah, I saw that. It I, was crazy. Okay, if she Maybe really wants to fan. know what mascara I'm using, I'll tell her. Maybe it's a fan that reincarnated as a fly. Right. 
Okay. And I, I think that's you. what's happening right now. I think and the she wants just likes, <laughs> she may also like the product in my hair. She I had that one gel. time she that wanted to see you it. perform, but she passed away. So she's here as a fly. Or maybe space. it's because I'm so fly. <laughs> this no. this all sounds like a sketch. All of it. <laughs> How'd That's you do I'm on saying. that show, by the way? I So I did really well. I was a little afraid because I had 10 minutes and I had three characters and a little sketch that I was doing by myself. And no, it worked out well because they got it. So I stayed true to like the characters being Latino. I made very, very minor um, edits. And I altered a couple of things that I said. So instead of a word being in Spanish, I made it Spanglish. Or like, you know, I changed. Um, it was actually, I did this sketch about Lemmy Sol. Mm. You guys know what Lemmy Sol is, yeah. right? It's like Toto, he doesn't know. Toto Cleaner. It's like a... Um, you know okay. Lemmy Sol? There oh, you go. It's like a Dominican. In case your <laughs> listeners don't know, it's a Dominican cleansing solution for your toto. And instead of calling it Lemmy Soul, I had to call it Summer's Eve because mm. they would not have gotten Lemmy Soul. They would have never got Lemmy Soul. <laughs> you know what's funny? I never knew what Lemmy Soul was until I was like 26. Mm. So it's like the whole time growing up in my house, my mom had it in the shower. I never knew what the <laughs> fuck that was. Did you ever try it? Did you open never, the bottle? Never. It was just my mom's <laughs> shit. But I was like, yo, it's this lady in a leaf. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? I don't know what the fuck this is but found it's out years too, later. I, I growing up my mom didn't have it but like when i was visiting my aunts and stuff like that i would just be like is that another shampoo and luckily i didn't get that curious but uh, yeah i i remember you know what's funny about let me soul real quick and i hit to go on a tangent no tell um, me about let me soul i want to know everything about it let me soul or summer's eve which one you picking that's that take us Ooh. there i used to use let me soul a lot but then I felt like it was maybe doing some damage because it's so strong. It's like it's like a Hull's mentholiptus in your toto. I'm like, that can't be doing something. It might be like burning the lining of my uterus or something. <laughs> but it so, smells good. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's so extreme. <laughs> like, like but it smells good doesn't even like yeah. save it. Yeah. yeah, it was too strong. So then I just switched to nothing because actually I learned that your toto cleans itself. So you don't really need a cleansing solution. However, um, what I was going to say about Lemmy Soul is here's a word of wisdom. If there's a bottle of Lemmy Soul in a girl that you're trying to dig out or whatever, somebody you know, they have a lot of sex. You just have to understand that that's what that's for. So that's an indicator. I don't think men really put two and two together. Yeah, you know what's crazy? Because I just told you that my mom had Lemmy Soul when I was growing up. And then now so I'm like having like a, a flurry I'm of emotions. I'm sorry to break it to you, but your <laughs> wow. mom and dad were yeah. getting it on quite often. Because wow. that's what Let Me Soul is for. I feel like you're going to leave like, yo, man. No, I'm a call Great podcast, but. Do you have oh, younger man. brothers and sisters? I do. How many? Five. Well, yeah, there, you go. so a, there goes my theory proof. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go home and I'll be like, mommy, I know. Yeah. Rachel told me. So <laughs> La Loca told me that. <laughs> so Excuse let's pick me? a bill. Are we going with Bill Hicks or Bill Burr? I'm going with Burr. Burr. Oh. Oh, I was going for your vote, but I forgot you're just doing sound. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Tony. Yeah, I enjoyed Bill Burr also. Yeah. I feel like it's it's funny because Bill Burr lists Bill Hicks as one of his inspirations. Oh. But one of my things is, yo, just because they inspired you doesn't mean they're better than you. But so. here's the thing. And what I got of Bill Hicks is there are... El- your favorite comedian's favorite you know comedian is because there are elements that he experimented with that I saw that he didn't get to execute but you could take those elements 
and apply it as tool in your toolbox. It's just that's why some of the comedians are like, oh, I like what he did there. I like what he did there. And I saw it. And so some of the times that I enjoyed Bill Hicks was like, oh, that's different. But it it was not like Bill Burr. Bill Burr was like a machine gun. It was like boom, 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 boom. Like it was beautiful to watch. And, and Bill Hicks for me really went for a lot of low-hanging fruit. I don't know how many comedians have we seen talk about sucking their own dick. I think I. It's just so. It's one of those but jokes. But here's the thing. Like he was doing there. that in '92. Yeah, that's. So that's, I think that he was one of the probably the first. Yeah, that's that's the part that we lose in context where it's kind of like you're talking I, about. He was talking about this 25 yeah. plus years ago. So you're I right. Don't know, but do we know? We, we were too young to watch anything. Yeah, yeah, no, before we then, don't know. So no, there might be that. more people. But that's what I'm saying. He did, but that was '92. So. The t- after all of that people were doing that and taking because I've known other comedians that have done sucking the day but right. the way he did it and he did it in his time he probably wasn't as memorable and then other comedians came afterwards but I'm it. saying that we're too young to know if comedians before him did it unless right. we're specialists and right. have seen you know Belushi and, and Eddie Murphy and all the specials right, that right, came right, before right, him right, right. I'm just saying mm-hmm. I think for as long as there's been dicks there's been jokes about men sucking their own dick I think you might. Is be that right fair on that. to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. But is not, that like a thought that has entered your mind? I'm sorry to cut you off. Have you guys ever thought about it? Like, I don't have a dick. I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Listen, look, I, it, I'm, I'm not gonna say I've never thought about it because there was a point where, when I was a kid, it was like Marilyn Manson removed uh, one of his ribs or like two of his ribs to be able to suck his own no. dick yeah. and that was like one of those rumors that happened like before twitter and like yeah, before yeah, social yeah. media where like somehow every fifth grader in my class knew about it but <laughs> why were there so many rumors about marilyn manson i'll give you one there was a rumor that paul from the wonder years was marilyn manson do you remember that yeah <laughs> wonder i remember years? that remember the nerd yeah, from yeah, the wonder the, years the, yeah i remember that the one with the glasses yes why where'd that come from i don't know maybe that was how he promoted he was like ahead of his time in social media he just media. started rumors yeah. about himself pretty yeah. smart yeah, so pretty Bill Burr wins by knockout at that point fun so we're gonna go to the next matchup yes. and this one is Cat Williams versus Cat Williams The Pimp Chronicles Volume 1 versus George Collins Complaints and Grievances oh this is gonna be a oh, tough um, one now we're all familiar with Cat Williams Money Mike um, you know it's funny because his career kind of took a downturn um, just drugs Mm-hmm. You know, they're yeah. they're a hell of a thing. You know, um, but I have a very personal connection with this stand up. Oh, do tell. Yeah, when I was when I was seventeen, I decided to run away from home, so mm-hmm. I decided to move to New York and just live here by myself. And I bought an iPod from a crackhead in Washington Square Park, and I bought this iPod. And on the iPod, it had video. And one of the only videos that it had was Pimp Chronicles Volume 1 for some wow. reason. So I used to watch this shit on repeat <laughs> in my... I rented a room at the time. And I used to like just watch this shit on repeat over and over and over and over. And this is Cat Williams, Pimp Chronicles Part wow. 1. Nice. You have to be careful with weed. Weed make you notice shit you ain't supposed to notice. Like, I don't even give a fuck about politics no more because I done figured it out. All of the government is pimps. They all pimps because pimps say shit to you and then don't explain it. That's how our government do it. A pimp will have a woman in the car and be like, get out there and suck some dick. We're going to take over all of Stone Mountain. She don't ask no questions. She just, I don't know how it's going to work, but I'm going to do my motherfucking part. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. That's how the fuck our government treat us. Just tell us shit don't make no sense. What the fuck are we still doing in Iraq? Can somebody tell me, ain't we killed everybody? 
That's why I love America. We some goddamn bullies. We don't give a shit. We be on CNN like, say our name, bitch. Say it. Say it three times. To see if we don't come over there and kill everybody. You don't believe we gangsters? Tell me what the Iraqi uniform look like. Don't worry, I'll wait. Cause you ain't never seen that motherfucker. We ain't killing they army, nigga. We killing them. We over there killing niggas in sweatpants, tank tops, flip flops, and a cowboy hat. You shouldn't have been talking shit. Our government pimps, they get on the news, they act like we ain't even over there killing real people. They don't never get on the news and say today we killed four men, three women, and two children. They use a word niggas can't readily identify. Today we killed a group of insurgents. <laughs> niggas be at the house like, I don't even know no motherfucking insurgents. <laughs> you can kill all them motherfuckers. I don't have not one insurgent friend. <laughs> We to help you know this shit like that, but you gotta be careful with this super strong weed because you can't do everything you regularly do. It's easy to get high. It is not easy to get unhigh when your baby walk in the room. <laughs> now you in the house cleaning up shit that don't need to be cleaned. You... <laughs> your baby be like, I don't even want nothing no more. Every time it smell like pine cones in here, daddy be tripping. <laughs> you gotta be careful. If you got kids, you gonna have to cut down on your weed consumption. I don't give a fuck what you say. It's cool to get high. It is not cool to get high and eat up all your baby's cereal. That shit is not cool. <laughs> you wake up your baby already in the kitchen crying. Just, <sighs> <laughs> Thank God you woke up, daddy. You remember you would put the cocoa pups on top of the refrigerator and now they not even up there. Now you so embarrassed, you gotta play it off with the nigga. You. <laughs> nigga, that damn show ain't up here. That motherfucking insurgents done come in our houses. That was Cat Williams, and that's a fucking good bit. Yep. That's a good bit. And one of the things I love about what he does is the way that he takes something that sounds like a highbrow topic where it's like, you know, war in Iraq and killing civilians and all this stuff that's like serious, serious shit and just synthesizes it to the point of making it completely relatable. Like, what is an insurgent? Yeah. I'm still asking that. So we're going to check out George Carlin next. And... um so George Carlin, interesting to me, he's this is his 17th special. So the motherfucker was active since the 50s. Mm -hmm. And he went from the 50s up until literally laying in his deathbed, mm. just making comedy. And and he's one of the dudes that I really look at as like somewhere where I drew my humor from and um just the timing of his stuff and and just the kind of cerebral nature of it is something that I've always appreciated. So let's check out George Carlin. And this is Complaints and Grievances. I think this is 2004. So he was like about 146 years old right here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, folks, here's something else I got a problem with. The Ten Commandments. Here's my problem. Why are there ten? You don't need ten. I think the list of commandments was deliberately and artificially inflated to get it up to 10. It's a padded list. Here's what they did. About 5,000 years ago, a bunch of religious and political hustlers got together to try to figure out how to control people, how to keep them in line. They knew people were basically stupid and would believe anything they were told. 
So they announced that God had given them some commandments. Up on a mountain, when no one was around, God had given them the Ten Commandments. But let me ask you this. When they were sitting around making this shit up, why did they pick ten? Why ten? Why not nine or eleven? I'll tell you why. Because ten sounds official. Ten sounds important. They knew if it was eleven, people wouldn't take it seriously. Say, so what, are you kidding me? The eleven commandments? Get the fuck out of here. But ten. Ten sounds important. Ten is the basis for the decimal system. It's a decade. It's a psychologically satisfying number. The top ten, the ten most wanted, the ten best dressed. So having ten commandments was really a marketing decision. Oh my God. To me, it's clearly a bullshit list. It's a political document artificially inflated to sell better. I'm going to show you how you could reduce the number of commandments and come up with a list that's a little more workable and logical. We're going to start with the first three, and I'll use the Roman Catholic version because those are the ones I was taught as a little boy. I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not have strange gods before me. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Thou shalt keep holy the Sabbath. Right off the bat, the first three, pure bullshit. <laughs> Sabbath. Sabbath day, Lord's name, strange gods. Spooky language. Spooky language. Designed to scare and control primitive people. In no way does superstitious nonsense like this apply to the lives of intelligent, civilized humans in the 21st century. You throw out the first three commandments, you're down to seven. Next, honor thy father and mother. Obedience, respect for authority. Just another name for controlling people. The truth is, obedience and respect should not be automatic. They should be earned. They should be based on the parents' performance. Parents' performance. Right? Some, some parents deserve respect. Most of them don't. Period. <laughs> You're down to six. Now, in the interest of logic, something religion is very uncomfortable with, we're going to jump around the list a little bit. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Stealing and lying. Well, actually, these two both prohibit the same kind of behavior. Dishonesty, stealing, and lying. So you don't need two of them. Instead, you combine them and you call it, thou shalt not be dishonest. And suddenly, you're down to five. And as long as we're combining, I have two others that belong together. Thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Once again, these two prohibit the same kind of behavior, in this case, marital infidelity. The difference is coveting takes place in the mind, and I don't think you should outlaw fantasizing about someone else's wife. Otherwise, what's a guy going to think about when he's waxing his carrot? <laughs> but, but marital fidelity is a good idea, so we're going to keep the idea and call this one, thou shalt not be unfaithful. And suddenly, we're down to four. But when you think about it, honesty and fidelity are really part of the same overall value. So in truth, you could combine the two honesty commandments with the two fidelity commandments and give them simpler language, positive language instead of negative, and call the whole thing, thou shalt always be honest and faithful, and we're down to three. Thou shalt, thou shalt, they're going away, they're going away fast. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. This one is just plain fucking stupid. <laughs> Coveting your neighbor's goods is what keeps the economy going. 
Am I right? Your neighbor gets a vibrator that plays Oh Come All Ye Faithful. <laughs> you want to get one too. Coveting creates jobs. Leave it alone. You throw out coveting and you're down to two now. The big honesty and fidelity commandment and the one we haven't talked about yet. Thou shalt not kill. Murder. The fifth commandment. But when you think about it, <laughs> when you think about it, Religion has never really had a big problem with murder. Not really. More people have been killed in the name of God than for any other reason. Yeah. All you have to do... Shit. Uh -huh. All you have to do is look at Northern Ireland, the Middle East, Kashmir, the Inquisition, the Crusades, and the World Trade Center to see how seriously the religious folks take Thou Shalt Not Kill. The more devout they are, the more they see murder as being negotiable. It's negotiable. You know? It depends. It depends. It depends on who's doing the killing and who's getting killed. So, with all of this in mind, I leave you with my revised list of the two commandments. <laughs> Thou shalt always be honest and faithful to the provider of thy nookie. <laughs> and thou shalt try real hard not to kill anyone. Unless, of course, they pray to a different invisible man from the one you pray to. <laughs> two is all you need. Moses could have carried him down the hill in his fucking pocket. <laughs> and if they had a list like that, I wouldn't mind those folks in Alabama putting it up on the courthouse wall. As long as they included one additional commandment, thou shalt keep thy religion to thyself. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. And that was George Carlin. It's a tough one. Tough one. It's a tough one. I knew before we watched it, it was going to be a tough one. Two greats. Yeah. Two but, amazing storytellers. Uh, but the thing about George Carlin, and, and that's one of the things, I mean, obviously we're, we're comparing bits, is that George Carlin, you may not be chuckling consistently throughout the whole bit, but the way he breaks down things that are so relatable, uh, for me, leaves me thinking. And I'm the, the, the I'm sorry, um, I'm going John and Blink right now because George Carlin was that great. Yeah. Um, who was the other comedian right before? Cat Williams. Cat Williams. Williams Y'all had me laughing the whole time, but as soon as I'm hearing George Carlin, it just leaves me because it, it's something that's so relatable when it comes down to religion and Ten Commandments that is so in our lives that that to me is something that I'll be thinking about for the, for a bit because he makes so much sense. So it made me laugh, but it's, damn, it's so true. So you know. Cat talks about Iraq and the government and how, like, yeah, it's true, all the stuff the government does, which that is better than some of all the other comedians. But damn, you know, George Carlin is hitting to the core with the Ten Commandments. So uh, I'm ready to vote. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> which way are you going, Juan? Uh, it's, so <laughs> like, hard, like, <laughs> it's so hard. I feel like because what we just saw was not apples to apples. Right, it was just different. Well, so I tried to get as close to apples to apples as I could <laughs> because the thing is, so so just a little background on the list is I picked sixteen specials that I liked. Mm -hmm. uh, four of them were suggestions that I never watched before, um, and then I put them all into like a random generator, and then they created the bracket for me. How smart! Because That's I didn't want to like I didn't want to like match people up on purpose. Right. Yeah, you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah, so yeah. so these guys ended up in the same place. And then watching both of their specials, I was trying to find the place where they were talking about similar things. Mm -hmm. um, so 
just the the even though one was theology and the other one was like related to like government and 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 how the government kind of manipulates the population they both had this thing where they give you a very highbrow scenario and then bring it down very lowbrow Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like this back and forth of like George Carlin spewing out these giant words and then saying, oh, covet thy neighbor because you need a vibrator that does this. You know what I mean? It was kind of like this up Come and down. Faithful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so and then it was like Cat Williams was on there and he's and he's saying like, you know what I mean? Like they're they're in Iraq and they're fucking pimping us and, and they're just a pimp saying, yo, go out and get it. And it's a, that's a very highbrow kind of explanation to then come down and like now you're getting high with your kids and eating their cereal and you're you know? blaming it on something that your kid wouldn't know right you're blaming it on right. the it's insurgents amazing. in iraq exactly. you know? that was amazing so rachel i mean it seems like you're really on the fence on this me one. Out. <laughs> um are we voting now yeah we're voting says? we're voting i also really appreciate that very um deep storytelling that is still funny and while getting educated. So I'm going to go with George Carlin. Jorge. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going Carlin too, which which is tough <laughs> for me because I, I, I love that Cat Williams special. And I was mad when he got paired up with him because I knew that fucking Carlin does what he does so well. Mm-hmm. He does. Because George Carlin does the same thing that Cat Williams does. Just... But he does it very well. And like I said, he's 146 years old and special. You hear him running out of breath and it doesn't even matter. But the thing about it is, and I've watched some of those stand-up, they still, the test of time, it's still there. And like you watch, it's like this dude has been talking about it for so many years before we are here now. Like you watch something from back then, the things that he talks about, you're like, yo. He's been talking about it for a while because he knew, like he he knows that we're living in a thing where we're kind of getting duped. Sort of how Cat was saying, but like he he's just that's why he's on another level to me. But that little bit of the Ten Commandments that everybody can pretty much relate to, he broke down. It's like yo, it was marketing. Yeah, but Cat, <laughs> it was marketing. Yo, one thing you can't deny is Cat Williams' energy. Now call it drug enhanced, whatever. His energy is so commanding. Speaking of commandments, he's. He's a much better physical comedian. His physical comedy is definitely, I mean, again, he's going, like, in these particular two specials, George is 146 years old right here. So it's like his physical comedy aspect is, like, out of there. You know what I mean? He can't do anything outside of facial expressions. Right. So it's like when you watch some of his older stuff, it's much more akin to Cat. Um, and, And it's crazy because I feel like that's a connection that a lot of people don't make with cat williams being very george carlin tree of comedy mm-hmm. um so i guess we got our winners bill burr yes and george carlin yes so yeah. i guess they'll meet off in the next round Ooh. that's that's gonna that's gonna be tough that's yeah. gonna be tough all right so now's the time to plug your socials for sure so the latinos out loud podcast you can follow us at we are latinos out loud on instagram and facebook and on twitter what is it vago loca e Bago. That's right. Do you guys have any shows coming up? Um, yeah. So um, aside from the weekly podcast, which we record on Tuesday nights, um, and if you want to be a part of the live studio audience, please email us at wearelatinosoutloud at gmail.com. I do have a live show coming up. This is a passion project of mine. This is the second um, 
I guess, installment of the Comedy Derailed, a hilarious variety show where it is a female only, not in the audience, but meaning um, produced by, directed, written, audio, video done, um, stage manager, everything just by and just by women. Um, and so that'll be on November 17th at the Triad Theater, which is on 92nd in Columbus. And for more information, you can just follow me at Rachel La Loca on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And I'll be posting a lot of information between now and then on this show. Awesome. Uh, and for me, it's uh, Juan Bago on Facebook, Twitter uh, and Instagram. Um, and I think we oh almost. he thought he had it. He thought he had it. Almost had the fly. <laughs> Ew! Don't eat it. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's Juan Bago on all the platforms, and I actually have a show called Hilarious. Um, You're such a liar. Which is why not, right? Why would you do that? For everybody that felt left out that they couldn't perform Don't on the seventeenth. Hilarious. The reason why I'm doing it is because of what we spoke about earlier. Is because females are so underrepresented and underserved in this space that we need to come together and do more of these shows. And by the way, Bago, which are hilarious show. I forgot to say that this show actually is going to bring together stand up, improv, and sketch. All on one stage. That's gonna be amazing. Which is dope because when I had him Larius for the eighteenth, I didn't oh, have I didn't have that <laughs> format, but now I am. So thank you for the idea. Maybe you could put this the penis sketch in uh, the him yeah, yeah, yeah. show. We'll look for the penis so sketch. This sketch is for everybody that wanted to perform uh, at Hilarious but felt left out. So now they're gonna be able to perform the night after at the same location. Well, we want you in the audience, but you just so, can't be on stage, boys. So Sorry. stay tuned uh, for that. Uh, tickets are at www.himlarious.com. <laughs> Yo, guys, no. thank you, man. <laughs> thank you. This is such a great show. This is such a great concept. Oh, God. you, feel, you Do you see my head getting bigger? Uh, a little. No, your thank beard you. is getting bigger. Your beard is, is hiding your head expanding. <laughs> what an amazing concept for a podcast. Thank you. Seriously. That, that, that's awesome because that's going to be my drop. in When I create the intro... This is Rachel Aloga saying what an amazing Yo, concept. that was amazing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well. Oh, the classic one. Man, that's, oh, man, I never thought of that. To be free, come together.